Hi, I'm Randallin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people. Talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wonder Barn Podcast Network. You can check out all their other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wonderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. Hello, Randallin. Hi, Jen. So I'm kind of excited today because you and I came up with this really weird, bizarre thing to talk about. And although we have a little bit of an idea of the direction of where it's going, we wanted literally to talk about how coronavirus and just 2020 in general is driving us all to puzzles, literally like actual jigsaw puzzles. We thought that would be a fun um, conversation today. So I'm looking forward to it. What about yourself? I'm excited I think what I'm most excited about is the fact that we don't have a direction in mind. We do have our bullet points like we usually do, but I think we can both agree that they're very vague and they're not exactly related at all. So we're going to be kind of all over the place, but I think it's going to be great. I like it. I agree. Well said. Very well said. So when we were kind of prepping for this conversation, I was talking about how I am literally doing puzzles, been driven to puzzles. And you were kind of the opposite, which is going to be kind of fun. So we'll talk about both sort of perspectives here. But I know for myself, um, I'm very um, family unit driven right now, as you know, family game night, this type of thing. So we've kind of busted out the puzzles. We're back into puzzles, trying to consume something different than just the exact same thing we've been doing on media, phone, computer, TV, movies, etc. Because I feel like, although some people joke, you know, they've reached the end of Netflix or something along those lines. That's definitely not the case for us in our house. (laughs) But it's nice to kind of take a break and do something different. And I think when you do have those days that are a little bit slower, I mean, there's a lot of people who just aren't even working right now. So it's like, what do you do? How do you fill your time? And a lot of people are literally just being um, driven to puzzles. We went on a family vacation a couple weeks ago, and my sister and I sat down and did like six puzzles in the span of four days. And it was great. We just didn't even turn the TV on. It was just really nice to kind of relax and use our brains in a different way and do something that was a little bit different. But this idea of trying something that's different, maybe going back to something we've done in the past, what are maybe some of those hobbies that people are unearthing and bringing back to life that they haven't for a while, or just kind of starting something new altogether again. So For me, puzzles happens to be one of those things, which is where this kind of came from. But I'm curious for you, I know you said you're not a huge puzzler yourself, but what are some of the like hobbies or things that you kind of brought back into your life recently? Before I answer that question, I, and maybe this is part of my answer, but I'm going to like backtrack a little bit. Um, When we were prepping for this, yes, we talked about how you've been doing puzzles and I've been doing other things, but I think the concept of everything that we kind of outlined or knew we were going to hit on were things away from screens. Like we're in such a digital world now that we don't have a commute to not look at a screen or we don't have, you know, every meeting we have is now on a screen instead of having some things being in person or in a conference room instead of, you know, your home office. So when we get to the end of the day, like our eyeballs just hurt. Like I have, I wear blue light blocking glasses in addition to like my prescription ones and my eyes just like hurt at some point. I'm like, I can't look at a screen anymore. Um, 
and I think it's super exciting to see how people are finding ways to kind of get away from technology in such a technology dominant like culture and space so that said I have picked up a lot of books I've always been a pretty avid reader but I've already read over 30 books this year so continuing on with that trend and I just found a little free DIY project on the side of the road the other day I drove past and it was a um free dresser on the side of the road and I was like you know what this is like the perfect size and it looks ugly but I'm going to make it look pretty so I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to make it look pretty yet I can update you as I figure it out but those are what I'm (laughs) doing currently oh I love that um and it will be beautiful because you are a very creative person with a creative mind it's going to be good yeah. And, but I think you're, you know, you're reminding me and hitting on the key points again here. We're talking about, you know, those times away from screens, something different and whether it's bringing something old back into your life or trying something new. I know just even thinking about like fitness, there's a lot of really great um, programs out there where they're just allowing people to try one or two of something that maybe they've never done before. Like, Hey, I'm sure, why not go try jujitsu? Like I have, I've never done it. I don't know what it is, but like, why not go and do that and take a few minutes and take some time out, which I think is pretty exciting and great. You know, and you hear a lot of people talking about families kind of reconnecting again, and that really spans, you know, this is not me with my child, but even you with your family or, you know, elderly families as well. Like it's just been nice for people to kind of get reconnected on some way, aunts, uncles, cousins, any of that type of stuff. Um, and see what new, new ways to connect outside of just even zoom, because like you talked about, you know, I am, I'm on zoom or some version of zoom, some web call, like all day, every day that the last thing that I want to do, even just with my close friends is to get on another zoom call. It's like, it's exhausting. I don't want to do that. So what's a new and creative way to connect even with some of those people that's less screen time. And I've even written letters. Like I've been handwriting letters and postcards to people, which is feels so strange because my handwriting is horrible. Like it's just a good reminder of how bad my handwriting is. Like, I think I need to find a free handwriting class. That should probably be the next thing that I task myself with. (laughs) My mom recommends handwriting without tears. Yeah. See, I need need to do that. I'm sure I could do do that and I should do it with my daughter. It would be a great like exercise for us to do together. Yes. No, I love that. Jen, I'll have to send you my address and I will expect a letter in the near future. That would be wonderful. Yes. What a good I mail idea. you one back. We'll see. Pen pals. Good old fashioned pen pals. Type and print. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. You can push yourself and challenge yourself here too. If you can read 30 books in a year, you can handwrite a letter too, right? I, I could. I was just going to say, can you tell I was always raised with technology? (laughs) That's true. Good point. That's so true. All the more reason for someone like yourself why this time could even be more challenging. Because if you really do want to be away from the screens and away from the devices, it's just very much more more what you know. I mean, it's just kind of how you work. Where I didn't even have a computer until... I was out of college. I mean, like I used one briefly, but I mostly used the one at the library. Like just didn't even have a laptop, none of that kind of stuff. I know just a different 
different world. <laughs> it is. I definitely have learned to value time away from screens. I spent two weekends ago now, maybe last weekend. They all kind of blur together at this point. I was at my mom's and we were building monkey bars for my little siblings. We anticipated the project was, I guess, about two hours. It took us much longer. I should have assumed that it would automatically take us longer, but I was like, yep, two hours in and out. This is going to be great. Uh, Six-ish hours later, project was completed. Um, but the whole time, I didn't have my phone on me. It was, like, in the house because I was handling power tools and using my hands and, like, doing, creating something tangible instead of something virtual. And that day, I was so tired, but I was like, this is what I built. Like, I built this with my own two hands. And it gives you a very different kind of appreciation for that object when you are physically invested in it versus something that I write on my laptop or a website that I design or an email that I send out. I'm just not as connected to those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's interesting. It's popping into my head as you're talking about this too, because I'm sitting here thinking about all the other ways that we put that phone away for that long period of time. And then when we're doing that, how are we then consuming information? You know, yeah, you could read a book. Yeah, you could read a newspaper. But what are those other ways that we're like consuming information? And for me, one of the things that I really enjoy is just conversation with friends and just listening with friends. It's much easier in a setting like what you're describing, where it's like we're six hours, we're building this thing, we're just talking while we're doing it. You know, that's easy and it comes natural. But um, if it's like, oh, I just need to have a conversation with someone just let them talk. I just need to listen. I need to learn someone else's perspective. As much as I love to do that, and as much as I know that's important, I'm also finding it's very draining right now for me because I'm just not used to it. It's not a part of my cycle. Like I'm not going out to girlfriends or to dinner with girlfriends, you know, and sitting there for an hour. So going intentionally out of your way to find time and space to connect with someone and sit down and have a conversation is also very draining. So it's like these, these attempts to find new ways to consume information is also draining and tiring. And we've lost that. It's like, you know, we talk about flexing that muscle to keep building that muscle and we've lost the muscle a little bit. Uh, it's so much easier to rely on just the, the Googling it, looking it up, listening to something, viewing something, whatever it might be. So those things away from the technology are so hard right now too. And I think that's important to identify because if someone is, going, oh, this all sounds great. You know, yeah, I can do a puzzle. I can have time with myself, but what are the other things I'm going to do? Or how else am I going to consume information outside of a screen? Just need to know that it's not necessarily going to be easy. Like there's that moment of, oh, it's so nice to see someone. I haven't seen someone for a while, but then you kind of sit there and twiddle your thumbs and go, okay, what next? It's like, I forgot how to do what I need to do. I forgot how to have a conversation. Yeah. I do feel that though. I went out to dinner, um, with a friend the other night, there was like, it was outdoor patio seating. Like we both felt super comfortable about it. There was a ton of people there. So it was like, okay, let's do this. And we're like sitting there and like halfway through the meal, we were both like, cool. Like <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we haven't come yet. Like this is great. Um, and so we, we had to sit with that silence for a few minutes and then we did like come up with some other things to talk about, but it was very strange. 
I just got off the phone with a friend this morning, and when we would hang out before, we would be those people that were like, yeah, I'll come over at like 6, and then they'd stay until 10, 11 at night because we would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. We spent like 45 minutes on the phone, and we were like, yep, so that's what's going on in my life. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, it, it is just what we've kind of been conditioned to do now, especially I think because our interactions with people are so limited, one, in frequency, but two, most of the time, if we do encounter someone in the grocery store that we know, like, we don't want to stand there and talk to them for 30 minutes like we would prior. So it's a very just quick run-ins. I do feel like I'm losing, maybe not losing, but out of the practice of asking better questions to people. I've been really intentional to stop asking how are you, but I don't think I'm paying attention enough to be able to say like, how was that presentation you had last week? I know you were like super nervous for it. I'm like, oh, hey, you made it another week. Like, what are you looking forward to next week? Um, So I think there's just a different level of connection that's happening between those people that we don't get to see all the time that we are still trying to connect with. But I don't know that we are connecting in the same way. Well, and I think what you said there is really important too. And I just want to highlight as someone who asks people questions for a living, it's hard. It's not easy. And it's not always easy to come up with those right questions. And speaking for myself too, where I do that all day at work, where I would say you're very similar, right? You're kind of, you're engaging with people. You're having to ask a little bit deeper questions all day at work. So then when it's like we take ourselves out of that work mode and we put ourselves over into life mode, again, it's the, it's just easy to go, and like take that deep breath and not have to put that pressure on yourself to ask those perfect questions, especially when the lines have been so great across the board. It's like you're bouncing from zoom, 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 zoom. And then maybe it's a friend and family zoom. And then maybe you're taking a class zoom or something. And all of a sudden you're just, you've zoomed all day. And it was like, what was what, you know, how, how did I separate work from family and how is it different? So anytime that we have just enough of that, like black and white line to say, okay, I've drawn a line, I'm out of workspace, I'm in personal space. It's just easy to kind of do that big sigh and that deep relief and and move on. So having to be really thinking about, about it, be really intentional about it, thinking about how we want to show up, what types of conversations that we want to have. And maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's, you know what, I don't need to have a conversation this week. What I need is a hot bath and a puzzle. And then that's going to make me happy, right? But being like aware of that and having some of that conversation with yourself and a little bit of that self-awareness that goes along with it, it just looks really different right now, but is also extremely, you know, important in the process. I love that. I think you gave them a sneak peek into what we're planning on talking about next episode, (laughs) which is exciting. So you guys should stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, Jen, I know we also wanted to talk, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, but I know we also wanted to kind of physically discuss some other things that people are doing to help break up kind of the mundane schedules that we can adapt when we are living and working and primarily residing in a single space, whether it's an apartment or home or all of those things. I guess it really would only be an apartment or a home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who knows? Who knows? I suppose. Well, I'll be curious to get your thoughts on this. Um, this might be a slight 
a little bit different than exactly what your question is, but I think it's important. I want to point this out. You know, a lot of people that I've talked to, I tell them if you can create yourself a space where it's like, if this is my work, like I have an office and this is my workspace. I'm lucky to have a door I can close. Of course, I need that to keep my six-year-old out, but point being have a space for every little thing you do. So if you have sit down and you do your work at your uh, kitchen table, that's fine. If you work at your kitchen table all day, that's totally fine. But when it's time to shut the computer down and be done with work, actually physically shut the computer down and physically move your body to a new space and go, okay, now I'm sitting on the couch and I'm doing this zoom or I'm doing this other thing, or I'm reading my book or whatever it is, but move your physical space. And I, I really think that's important because it helps to separate and draw lines between the things that you really want to do. And it's okay to set yourself up a, like a reading corner or something so that you create this habit of all those other things that I want to do that are non-technology. How do I set myself up for success? I have a little reading nook or a favorite chair that always has a bottle of water and my current book next to it, or this table, this card table that's set up that has the puzzle on it. Or this chair over here is the one I like to sit on when I call my best friend and I talk to her for 30 minutes or something, but something where you're like creating these physical spaces. I just think that's an important first step kind of in this process of what we're talking about. I absolutely love that. I do think it's really important because it's a little, it helps us kind of get in the habit of code switching a little bit when right. we're so used to doing that when we leave the office, you know, we leave work at the office and we have, you know, our commute to kind of come back to personal life and friends and family and whatever else you do in your personal life but when it is all one environment there are there is no space to switch so creating a space that is designated work or play I know for me like there are things that I can't necessarily do in my office because it's too noisy like recording a podcast so I don't necessarily have a single work spot, but I have a single, like, I don't sit on my couch for anything other than watching TV and hanging out with friends. That's the only thing I sit on my couch for. So if I'm sitting on my couch, that's what I'm doing. But I could be anywhere else in my apartment and doing something work-related, depending on how loud it is or what I'm, what I'm doing or what kind of lighting I need. So it can go either way. You can either create a workspace or create a play space, but the two should not kind of intertwine exactly exactly i love that and with that it might even be setting schedules using your calendar using timers like anything that will just sort of jolt you from one activity to the other so that you can be very intentional in whatever activity that you're in uh even if that means setting a 30 minute timer every day to brainstorm new things you're going to try like that's fine too like it doesn't you know it doesn't matter what it is uh, but I think here's another, I'm going to give you an example too. I have a client that I'm working with right now who's, she's working just a ton. And, and there's a couple reasons. One, she kind of likes it. She likes her job. She likes what she's doing, but she's at home. She's in this space. And she says, well, I don't, do I need to turn my computer off? Like, you know, what do I need to do as far as, um, if I want, if it's done, if I'm done with work, do I actually physically turn my computer off and go do something else? Cause then she says, I just sit there on the couch and I feel guilty that I'm not working because I don't really have anything else that I'm doing and I don't want to just binge watch Netflix. So what's going on, you know, in that sense. And, uh, what I told her was make like a list of fun activities, a list of free time activities. So it's instead of like a to-do list of 
things that she needs to get done, take out the trash, et cetera. It's like the opposite almost. It's a list of things that could be fun for her to do in her free time and sort of forcing herself then to take some of that time she was working, pause, take a step back and do some of that free time stuff. So she may have puzzles on her list. You know, I think in her case, she had reading, she had studying, she had like a few different things that she was going to go do. But now instead of just feeling guilty, like, oh, I should be working. She's feeling like, oh, let me get out my free time list and pick one or two things off of my free time list. So that's someone who's like almost got a little bit of probably the opposite problem, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's still the same thing, right? We need to separate spaces. We need to flex our muscles and try to do the things that we want to do, be intentional. And you and I had, this leads to another thing you and I had talked about, which is overwhelm. Um, and in this kind of, we'll call it like the old world for now, <laughs> the old world, you know, we were hustle and bustle. Now it's more like overwhelm. And, you know, there's probably other words associated with that, but we've sort of shifted the thinking a little bit. So it's more on this, you were mentioning like survival was the word that you use. Like I got through another week, I survived, I got through another week. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, and I want to get kind of some of your thoughts and input around, input around that, because it, my question is at what point do we shift back? You know, at what point do we stop thinking like, oh, I just survived another week and start thinking, oh, I'm thriving in this, in this week, you know, whether it's hustle and bustle, whatever you want to call it, but it's going from that surviving to thriving and maybe incorporating some of these new things in as a normal routine and just feeling like it is the routine. Like when can we stop saying the new normal? Like when is it just life again? You know, that type of thing. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on some of that? Yeah. Well, I agree with everything that you just said to begin with. <laughs> On that, I think, and I'm starting to catch myself in it, and I've been really conscientious when I talk to people to, like, clarify this. I think my initial reaction when somebody asks me, like, how things are going or what I'm up to is to just say, like, oh, I'm really busy. And I, busy can have some connotations with like overwhelm or stressed or you know those kind of semi-negative emotions and I've been very conscientious about saying no 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 like really good busy like I've got lots of clients I'm loving the part-time job that I'm working I'm doing tons of exciting things they're just all happening at once. Like the podcast that I've been working on, like just launched and I'm getting ready to launch another one in September and I'm doing tons of super exciting things. But the easiest way to describe all that without taking up 10 minutes of your time is like saying that I'm busy. Um, so when I use common words that can be kind of viewed on either side, I've been really careful to define which side of that word that I'm on or kind of like give an additional talking point to, to clarify what I mean. That said, I think I've also better prioritized what I need to be successful. So I used to kind of, I'd work Monday through Friday. Saturday, I would pick one day of the weekend where I would like make plans and do things. And I would pick another day of the weekend where I would do absolutely nothing because that's just like what I needed. I would be at home all day. I would do laundry if I needed to. I would maybe clean or meal prep or do something else but I would make no plans I would binge watch Netflix throughout the day and I would just like get stuff done at home because I need an organized space to be most productive so 
pandemic life has allowed me to, without commuting or anything, I've had a little bit more time to kind of interweave those organizational tasks into my everyday life. And now I have a whole free day on the weekend where I can go for a walk or go sit at the beach or read a book all day. And I have more time to do something that I'm interested and excited about instead of kind of priming myself for success. I'm, I'm actually getting to enjoy the time that I have to relax instead of feeling like I need to be playing offense for the next week. Yeah. So I wrote down a few notes from when you were talking because uh, it, it got me thinking about some more things for me too I, that I thought were really important. So you were talking about this concept of busy and it's funny that you mentioned that because my thought is busy is almost like a good thing for me now. Like when I say I'm busy, like that's a good thing where in the past it would have been associated with stress and anxiety. So like you said, oh, no, no, let me explain. Here's what I mean by that. It just happens to be that the best word to use it to explain it is busy because it's true. Um, and I feel like I've said the exact same thing to someone else before. So it was funny the way you said it. I'm like, yes, I'm pretty sure I have said that exact same thing. But busy to me now is a good thing because it means that I'm maybe utilizing my time properly. And I can recognize when I am and I'm not because if I was feeling more toward overwhelm, I would probably say I'm overwhelmed. I wouldn't use the word busy to describe overwhelm. Where in a past life, busy was kind of negative. It was, to me, it was like everything. It was overwhelmed. It was everything. Now I feel like I can use that word in like a completely different way. So I like that you said that, but it also got me thinking about how just in general, I feel like I'm using my free time better. I'm using my free time more effectively and I'm more flexible with what a weekend even means. Like, so it might be that a Wednesday becomes my weekend for this week because I just have other things I need to get taken care of, you know, on the weekend that maybe look different. I, I, whether it's like, I need to work a little bit more for a reason or meet with a client or maybe have a million errands to run. And I no longer want to call that a weekend because that is now like an activity that I need to get done. That feels like a chore where in a past life, I would have been like, Oh, you know, it's the weekend. And then, yeah, there's always these things I do on the weekend. Well, now if I really want true free time where I can puzzle, where I can read, where I can play, I can be flexible with when that time is. And it might be at noon on a Wednesday and that might be okay. Right. So being a little bit more flexible with the timing of when that is and what kind of my free time looks like and when it becomes a weekend. That to me tells me as well that I'm more on the cusp of like that thrive than survive, right? Where I've kind of created this flexibility where it's like, I understand what busy means. I understand why that matters to me, but really taking time. And this would be an action for you, for me. I mean, for anyone listening to really thinking about what would it mean to be thriving for each of us individually? Um, is it related to our career? Is it related to our free time? Is it related to our hobbies? Is it related to our home life? Is it related to our salary? I mean, it really could be anything for anyone. It can mean something different for everyone. It's kind of like saying, what does success mean to you? But I think this is a new thought process around this thrive. It's like, what does it mean to thrive? And how will you know when you're kind of back in that mode of, thriving, not just surviving. I think that's a really good sort of reflection for people to be thinking about right now and figuring out what actions they need to take versus just thinking about it, actually taking some action to make some shifts that might be needed for themselves. I love that. I, the, it was a longstanding joke in the Hill family. I know we're getting up to time, so I will tell the story and we can close. But it was a longstanding joke in the Hill family that we would be 
in survival mode, like anything goes. If you want a cookie for breakfast, sure, you can have five. If you want, like, if you don't want to eat this for dinner, like, there's leftovers in the fridge. Like, anything goes in survival mode. But when you live in survival mode for long enough, it becomes just incredibly chaotic. Like, there are no rules. There is no, like, baseline. There are no routines. It's just, like, everything happens when it happens when somebody else like makes it happen and it's so hard to feel I was gonna say confident but I don't know that that's the right word it's really hard to feel like excited about what's coming next because you don't know so even something as simple as like sitting down and reflecting what it means to be in survival mode or what it means to be thriving and kind of understanding the difference. And I don't know that they're black and white. I think you could think of them as like a Venn diagram where there are things that happen in both of those times in your life that kind of cross, but there are also things that are very different and very opposite. Um, So sitting down, identifying what the things are that maybe share space in both of those worlds and what the things are that don't and figuring out kind of what what your first step is and getting over that line to thriving instead of surviving. I think from personal experience, we don't often realize how chaotic the survival world is until we can get a glimpse of the peace that comes when you're in control and you are thriving. So I just encourage everyone to take a second to sit back, to, to identify that first step and then take it and enjoy the breath of fresh air that comes with it. I don't think you could have said it better. I think that's the perfect way to wrap us up for today. So kudos to you, I love that. And great story, thank you for sharing that good story. It was perfect for the, perfect for the conversation. Yes, it's, a, it's been a long-standing joke where someone will ask what's for breakfast and we'll say, well, what, are, are we surviving or are we thriving today? <laughs> I might have to incorporate that into our future conversations. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for this conversation today. Um, by the way, I have a just a simple 300-piece puzzle going on downstairs right now. So that will be what I'll be finishing this evening. Just thought I'd like throw that out there. Um, but again, everyone, just to recap, go in and do a little bit of reflection. Are you surviving? Are you thriving? What does it look like for you? What does it mean for you? think through that. Feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn and have a conversation with either Randallin or myself if you want to continue this conversation. Otherwise, head on over to wanderbarn.com slash people talking people to learn more about the show and check out other great shows in the network. And until then, see you next time.